edition of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. What is up, guys? I know the world's been kind of crazy, just a, just a smidge crazy going on, but, you know, we're here to bring you a little bit of, you know, some type of complexity in this world today. So, world right now, I'm going to introduce somebody. I got a very special guest on the phone with me. I got my boy, Gerald. Huh? Oh, okay. I got my boy, Gerald, coming on. What up, Gerald? Yeah. Gerald. Gerald, yeah. Well, anyway, I'm going to have my boy Gerald coming on pretty soon. He did a very interesting video uh, on top point guards, and I got some questions, I got some, you know, questions to ask because a few of them was just a little bit, you know, spectacle. Because I really do think that's an interesting topic that a lot of people, because this really will be the first kind of professional, in a sense, sports league to come back with, you know, big name stars. Because MLB is still kind of, the MLB is still kind of out there, and it's still not really happening yet. Whereas the NBA actually has a very kind of complex plan that might actually work. Gerald, you here, boy? Yeah, I'm here, man. What's going on? Ah, right, what up, Jerry? How you feeling, man? I'm chilling, man. It's good to see, good to hear from you, man. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> it's good to hear from you too, man. All right, so I brought it's you on fun. here because I wanted to talk about your top ten point guards because you know I got I agreed with you on a lot of them, but two are really looking like I don't know how I feel about that. So, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that one. But the first one I did want to bring up is because I did agree with you with your number ten with uh, John Morant from Memphis. So how do you feel about John? Because I I really like his game because I saw him. You know, for everybody who don't know, me and Gerald went to college together at Eastern, and you know John yeah. Moran was at um, what was he? At? He wasn't at Belmont. He was at um, he was at uh, Murray State. Uh, it was an OVW school. Yep. Yeah, he was at Murray State, and I saw a few of his games where he completely. <laughs> I hate to talk about that school like that, but he completely he took over that game, and John Moran was really coming into his own. You know, during the season, which again, I still think he was robbed. He should have been an all star. So, uh, honestly, I think John Moran is—he's like a very explosive player, and I think he's different from a lot of these rookie point guards that we've seen come in the league. Like, he's like—he's shorter than most guards, but he still like has balance, and I—I I don't think there's going to be a player like him. I think he's going to be rookie of the year for sure. And then on top of that. I, I just think he could be like, this might be a stretch, but I thought he could be the next AI, man. The way he can finish oh, yeah. and, like, how crafty he is with the athleticism, I don't think we've seen anything like it for a while. Oh, yeah, because he has, he, has he has one of the things that I don't think a lot of guards that came out before him had, because he has mad hops. Like, he... Like I saw, like yeah. a few of them, a few of the dunks. Like he is fearless when going into that hole. So I do agree with you on that point. With AI, I think he really has that that AI you know, mentality when it comes to it. Sure, sure. All right, so I do want to talk because 
I'm not gonna give. I want people to go actually look at the video. I'm gonna put the video up. You can tell. You can tell everybody whether you can see the video at. Cause I don't. You know, I want everybody to go look at it. But I do have. So you put. Who did you put? We're gonna talk about this one first. You put Kimba over Trey. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm interested to see why because I would have put Trey over Kimba just because I like Trey's scoring ability even on even though he's on like a whack team like Atlanta he still is, he yeah. still has become he's become that you know that alpha mentality where he's like you know I'm gonna take these shots he's been he was hitting shots from mid court he's been hitting shots from three the mid range his game in general is just crazy and the only thing with Kimba mm-hmm. is. I think Kim before a long time was a big fish in a small pond in Charlotte. And now he's in Boston. He's kind of not the alpha on that team. I still think that's Jason Tatum. So I want to hear, like, why'd you put him over him? Uh, actually, so to your last point, it was kind of the opposite because I felt like Kemba was the leader for the shit. I don't know. I think seeing him play – I think what he he was teaming USA not too long ago, right? He competed for like the Island of Fever team or something like that, and then that was like my first step in seeing him actually become a leader. And then of course in Charlotte he did this thing out there, but I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to see the rest of the season to like see it really play out. But I feel like after last season, Kemba's kind of like definitely coming to his own as a leader. Granted, to say it's hard to say he's the best player on that team. That's, that's hard to say. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you can't really put – you can't because he's at least – you know, I'm not going to put – I can't put him over Tatum, but I think he's, like, the second best player on that team. Like, it's him yeah. – it's Tatum, Kimba, and then Brown, which I'm glad they didn't break up that team like a lot of people were suggesting where they had the opportunity to trade away players to keep. I'm kind of glad yeah. they did keep that team together because I think that's going to be a – that's gonna be a dangerous team going forward. But like I but again, I, I like think, Huh? Go for. I was gonna say, I feel like the Celtics all they needed was like a scoring guard, a scoring point guard that can facilitate. And they had that with Isaiah Thomas and I think they kinda of messed that up because Isaiah Thomas was showing promise and I think it was just because he also had a defensive team. Like he didn't have to play much defense. Like he had one job and that was to score. And facilitate, and I think Kemba kind of like fell into that role perfectly. Kyrie, on the other hand, I think just more to deal with when you have Kyrie on your team. I think there's a bit of an emotional aspect that Kyrie kind of brings with him, and a more of a, a mental type of mindset. I don't know how the best way to say it, but I just feel like Kemba's coming into his own, and for them to be the third seed. I'm trying to think what Boston was when they had Isaiah, like how, how good they I were. I think, like, they um, were, because like, I know the series where he played the Bulls, and I, I think they were, because the Bulls, no, the Bulls, so the Bulls were the lower seed, so I think they were, like, four for f- fifth with yeah, Isaiah yeah. on that team. Yeah, but, man, I just think Boston's a good team, good coaches. And, I, okay, so the reason I put them over Trey Young is because I feel like Trey Young is not experienced enough yet. He hasn't even seen the playoffs yet. I feel you. So, that, I, I would just say, I just need to see one more year out of him. The Atlanta just went and traded for Clint Capella. So, they're like, Which big you know, they're showing promise. Yeah, it was a great pickup. And they're showing promise as far as, like, trying to move forward. I actually do want to see what Clint and Clint Capella and Trey Young could look like in a 
pick and roll though. They could be nasty. Yeah, like, for real. I think that yeah, I think that can be a, I think that can be definitely one of those combinations that will last long because Atlanta has the Atlanta has like the the sad perception of a team that really doesn't have like a home court feel like every time you go to like an Atlanta game it feels more of a it feels more of a party than like actual game like you go there for the party not for the actual game and I feel like maybe like because I feel like they haven't really had anybody since what, what like Joe Johnson was there when they had like that was like the last time like Atlanta was like taken seriously and I think Trey that's why I will put him over that's why that's the only reason why I put I will put him over Kimba is because Trey now has Trey is now going to be the person who's going to take them into the future and it's kind of like I want to see how Trey does like because now he is the man in Atlanta right like whereas Kimba whereas you can see Kimba like Kimba's kind of the man but it's still it's Jason Tatum's team whereas Kimba is that is his team like there's no debate about it like he, you know, sure. and plus, like I said, I like my point guards who can score and who can assist, and that's two things he can do, like without a doubt. True. So what? 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 So what? Besides that, were there any other reasons that you personally <clears throat> put Kemba over Trey? Well, I put Trey. I mean, like I said, just because I like my point. Uh, I like it. I like my point guards. Like for me, I like my point guards who can score, and I like my point guards to assist. Again, like for. The time frame where I look at it, like, Kimba is on a team that was built to succeed and was missing a piece. And that piece was Kimba. Yeah. Whereas you look at Atlanta, they're kind of sort of in rebuild. But like, they kind of had the 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 um, the, con- the glory of having, like, the Vince Carter congratulation tour. Whereas, yeah. like, now once I feel like once they get rid of that, I feel like once they get at Capella, you know, they still missing, they still missing, like, one piece for me. But I think they can be, you know, probably not like, not, you know, in the past, not in like the next two years, but like maybe in the next three years, they can be an actual team that can actually, you know, challenge, the, you know, the Celtics, the Philly. Yeah. I, definitely, I definitely think it should be interesting to see, like, who they pick up. Because Atlanta's still technically a bad team, so they're going to get good draft And, I mean, they have Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish was kind of trash from the beginning of the season. <laughs> started playing a little bit well at towards the end of the season or towards when they stopped the season, I should say. But I think seeing who they draft next in this draft and when they land, it'll be interesting. Like, when they're able to get LaMelo Ball, Trey Young and LaMelo Ball, backcourt? Oh, uh, yeah, I think, tough. yeah. I will say that. All right, so next one I want to talk about is Russ over CP3. <laughs> now you because you so you picked so you because in the in the video you were talking about how it was you know you got to look at the resume and then you go and put Russ over CP3 <laughs> yeah man it's, it's, it, it is resume but okay so if we're gonna go resume let, let's actually look at the resume because yeah I'm on my stats just in case I need to talk resume today so what's up so, the stats what's up the go, stats go, go ahead Go ahead. Okay. So compare Westbrook to CP3, right? right? They both are eight-time All-NBAs, so they're tied already at that. CP3 has one All-Star more than uh, than Westbrook, ten to nine. But I think the biggest point is Westbrook has an MVP, and he's been to the finals. Yeah, I CP3 that. hasn't been to the finals or hasn't gotten the MVP, and I think that's where Westbrook gets the kind of edge for me because. 
okay, we do respect that CP3 took Westbrook's spot essentially, and they're doing well. But it's safe to say, let's look at it the other way. Westbrook's on a team with no center. They have all gone. <laughs> Facts. That is so true. That is so true. They got what three? They got what? Yeah, because like the biggest person on those teams is what PJ Tucker is they center? Yes, PJ Tucker plays center, and I don't get like how is this working? The small ball. The small ball is real there. No, it is. If I was them, I would get like at least a forward. Somebody that's like I have a little size. Like, come on, <laughs> put somebody out there. But yeah, that's. Ideally, for me, it's really. I feel like Westbrook is just a little bit more, a little bit less injury prone. I think he's showing what he can do on his own. Like right after having West Kevin Durant leave him, he was determined to like play hard. And then what? Three triple double seasons, one yeah. MVP, and took his team to the. Uh, did they ever get out the first round? They might not have. No, they the they round. they sadly they never. I mean, again, the most the two most memorable ones was. The Dame, the Dame, bye bye shot. Oh yeah. And then the, right. and then I think, and then when Donovan Mitchell basically came out and just said, "Yo, I'm here," and just took over that series. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And that's and that's the only thing that's that's why I would, per se, put CP3 over Russ is because CP3, yeah, he might, yeah, he might. Again, CP3 is gonna always be remembered as if he didn't get hurt. In that rock, in that rocket warrior season, they might have played in the finals. And if he didn't get hurt, oh, yeah. and if he, you know, had, you know, didn't go crazy in L.A., they might have gotten, you know, might have gotten into the finals that year when he was with the Clippers. But my only thing is like CP3. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can say like he's not an MVP. He doesn't really score, but he like his defense. He's a dog when it comes to defense. Like. He will oh, he will right. upguard you doing everything. He um he yeah he's the field general. He know like he's a field general. He knows how to make everybody work. Even though again, Definitely. the the thing that always gets me is the James Harden twenty seven missed threes against that against that year against the Warriors. That, oh man! And like because that's <laughs> the one thing again that's the one thing that's always gonna you know, make it hard for people to look at CP three is that he always was like right there. And it always seems like something came apart. Cause again, even this, always, even the season when he when he got uh, who was it the Hornets that year to like what the third seed, and he ran into you know the San Antonio Spurs that year. And that's the only thing yeah. I think that's yeah, like I agree. Like I think Russ in itself is just a better like if it was off of just scoring like yeah then Russ if it was scoring and stat stuff and then yeah Russ got it all day, but it's still one of them things where I'm just like. I want to, but I can't. So I get, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, just like I see where you're coming from, but like, man. Yeah. Okay, so I will say though, the dividing line between Chris Paul and Westbrook was very narrow. Like, there's not like it could have been tossed. Honestly, like it could have been Westbrook or Chris Paul. Honestly, but I will say, if I had it, if I needed a, if I had a team, right? Right. And I needed to win. I had one game to win. Like this, this game's gonna win me a million dollars. I'm taking Chris Paul every time. Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Paul knows how to manage the game. He knows he sees the ins and outs, and he has that veteran. I will say this: he has that veteran touch that Westbrook doesn't. 
Russell's yeah. been in the league for a while now. Yeah, that's Almost the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, he's been in the league, but I feel like also I feel like now he has he's finally kind of has to be the the dog because he's never really because he had, you know, Durant that you know Durant all those years where they where he was kind of quote unquote yeah. the dog now and, and he, James. yeah even in James even and then even in those few years in um Oklahoma he. He wasn't, and he wasn't. Then he had kind of Carmelo, and then he had Paul George, and then so it was never really like on him. But now I feel like it's a lot more on him because for some reason, I don't know why James Harden forgets how to play basketball when it's ever t- when anytime you know the lights on brighter. Yeah. And I again, it's just one of those things where I agree where like Chris Paul's a field general, but I still I still would put him over there. But yeah, I can kind of see where you say where resume kind of comes into it, where it's just like. I can see it, but I'm just like, mm, I can't put him up there just yet. Okay. Now, I do want to talk. So well, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I will say, did you agree with the number one? Was, was Steph Curry number one in the league? Yeah, no. I mean, else? you said it best. Rings talk. He got that ring talk. So, yeah, you got to put Like, here's the thing. And a lot of people are going to look at the Warriors and say, well, they were bad this year. Well, Steph only, Steph played, what, 20 games before the season got shut down? Five. Five. He, exactly. He played five games before the season got shut down. And in those five, he was just starting to get, you know, back to being stuck. And, again, he had who was out. Clay was out. Like, basically everybody around him was out. They were basically yeah. doing like a – again, they were basically just rebuilding. Like, I don't – like, but if you want to just talk about pure, like, Steph is number one. Like, I can't sit here and be like, well, you know, you got to put – you know, you kind of, kind of put like, no, Steph has got that ring talk. He got that ring talk. He got the, he's got the stats to back it up as well. So you can't really sit there yeah. and say because he didn't play this year, he's not number one. And you kind of felt it when he came back. Just in those five games, every game seemed like it was a Warriors basketball type game. You know right. what I'm saying? Like even Steph is playing with these rookies and these free agents that they signed, and you're like, every player looks like D'Angelo Russell. It's like crazy to me. But, yeah, Steph, Steph was doing his thing. this five games. So, it's interesting to see, like, next season where the Warriors jump from. That's, the, that's, that's what I want to see what's going to happen. Because, you know, yeah. all right, Nicole, so I'm going to ask you this. If the Steph, if the Stephs, <laughs> if the Warriors make a play for Giannis and get him, is that is that the team just, is that team over with? There's no chance. You might as well just give them the Larry O'Brien trophy that, that year, or is it still, like, a chance for other people to make it? Man, I think that's <laughs> I think it's a hand of the trophy type thing. Because <laughs> that's like a perfect player. <laughs> they don't need me. Like, that's it. And then the fact that Giannis is entertaining it. I don't know if Giannis is entertaining it. But the idea of that, Steph Curry, Clay, Giannis, Draymond, and they, and they have Wiggins too. Don't forget they still have Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and he's finally and he's finally coming. He's I feel like this is I feel like this is probably the best spot for him because he wasn't. Again, I feel like Andrew Wiggins. It was weird because people were upset about the trade when they sent him to Minnesota for Kevin Love, but then he never really yeah. kind of developed into the player that we thought he was. And then that yeah. then those like what those two years with Jimmy were, again the most infamous uh, picture I saw was when Jimmy put the basketball on his head and Derrick Rose was doing like damn dog. Like I feel like I feel like now I feel like now Andrew Wiggins has kind of come into his own and is actually getting a lot better. 
So I think like I think definitely being on this Warrior Squad helps. But yeah, I can't. Again, it's interesting because I do want to see how that will work out between. Because everybody, because I, I still want to, I still have the picture of my head of you know Kawhi beating the Bucks that year, and you know Giannis looking like he wanted to fight, walking off into the tunnel. So I do want to see yeah. like because I do want to get because I'm just saying I told people this Giannis has Milwaukee in the fir- in the number one seed with the second best player being Chris Middleton. Now imagine. Giannis on a team where, if we're being honestly being, he would be probably the first best player, and his second best player is oh by the way Steph Curry, and his third best player is oh by the way Clay Thompson. Like I I I don't think they would. I don't think you can hand it to him, but I think I'm gonna put it to you like this. I don't think the fat lady would be singing, but I think she would be practicing a few notes in those first few games of the season. Who's competing with that? I mean, y'all, Steph and Clay, and Draymond too. Well, I, I will say this with Draymond, he kind of got a little exposed this year, because Draymond was looking for that supermax money, and then when he had an opportunity to show he was a supermax player, he kind of sort of didn't show up in those seat in those games where Steph was out, True. Clay was out, and it was really he was the ma- the offense kind of ran through him, and you can kind of see it, just like, yeah, I didn't think that was gonna work, but I still think Draymond is still probably one of the best players in the league and yeah no i don't oh, yeah yeah because you can't like even when you okay you want to go with the clippers you can say well you got Kawhi and paul george but who you know but who okay so that's that's cool but who do you think is gonna stop that like i can, right. i agree i can't see nobody really matching up with them like that yeah that's a tough matchup because like nobody has like two true boards that can like score and defend Play both sides of the balls that well. So you think that that's you think that's a fair matchup for the Warriors if they had Giannis? I think it, there would be no match. I think it would be a if the Warriors had Giannis. I think it would it would be an interesting matchup because I want to see okay perfect like L A like the Clippers. I want to see can Kawhi do it on both ends of the floor for that long? Can he guard yeah. basically guard Giannis? And try to score off Giannis at the same time, and then also, do you think Paul George can stop? You know, try to stop Clay, try to stop Steph, try to stop Draymond, because there's no really yeah. once you get past those two on the the Clippers, who else is really on that squad? True. And even and if you think want, to put, and if you want to put in the, uh, you can put in the Lakers. Like I don't think anybody, I really don't think anybody on the Lakers can stop that. Like, if you want to be honest, like, I don't think nobody on the Lakers can stop that. Like, it would be interesting to see, like, mate, like, I don't know, maybe. No, I don't think anybody on the Lakers can stop that. I don't think that, I think that would be a, it wouldn't be a sweep because you do have LeBron, so you always give them a shot, but I can't see that being much more than a gentleman's sweep. It would really depend on the the role players to fit in. I mean, they have to keep AD on Giannis. LeBron has to guard who? Definitely Clay, but I was gonna say that the uh, photo that I saw about that Giannis trade, they said that Giannis uh, Clay Thompson would have to be traded. Like they would have to give up something to get uh, Giannis. No, I mean yeah, I mean it would make sense because they couldn't. You couldn't hold. You couldn't hold them all on that squad because Giannis would have. Giannis would get what the super max, and then you still Steph's already good, but then Clay would be looking for his money, and Draymond was still trying to look for his money. So yeah, you couldn't hold all of them, but. If you could yeah. figure out a way to, then yeah, no, that 
That would be it's dangerous. Over. Yeah, because I, I, I just think that that could be one of those things where it's just like, yeah, no, it could be over with. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that going into this lat this this, well, this off season, whenever this off season is going to be, is that Giannis thing to see what's going to happen. Yeah, did you see that they announced uh, the season will be coming back July thirty first? I believe. Yeah, I was just about to, I was just about to ask you that. Uh, how you feel about it? Um, I feel like it's it's just, it's a little soon, man. I think that you got to be aware of everything. Like, um, one of the players I can't remember which player it was. He said how maybe it was very nice. I think he said how um. He has like autoimmune deficiency, uh, autoimmune deficiency, where it's like his, you know, his immune system is not that strong. So like, if something were to be in a stadium or arena where they played, or somebody had have it, he could be in danger. So I don't know. I as as a fan, I would love to see it. I want to see it so bad. But as being real about it and thinking about it, what's the best way to do it? I say maybe we should just push it to like maybe September, October, where we can, like, be for sure we made some progress. And then they could maybe have more arenas to play in, too. Well, yeah, because they were – because they were – the plan that they still haven't really ratified yet, like, they've voted, but it's still kind of up in the air, is the plan is that – because they said that international players, so, like, players from, you know, Canada and other countries – can come in as soon as I think Monday, because that's when a lot of you know states uplift they stay at home. I know the Nets, the Knicks, and I think Washington have opened up their facilities, and I think I know the Bulls and some other teams will do it Monday, because that's when most of the other states open up. But my, because what I some from what I saw, they said that they wanted to have a play-in so basically it would be the eight i think the eight nine ten and eleven seeds would play to see who would go in and then just do the um the playoff that way or they would just play the last because i think it's only 30 games left of the season they would just play that and then try and sort of kind of they said that they, I don't think they wanted to pre-tape them, but they said they wanted to, like, try to have it as much quarantined off as they can. But it's hard to do that because they would basically have to quarantine the entire state of um, Orlando, not state, but the city of Orlando to basically have it so that way they can make sure that everything's safe. And I agree. I think, like, as a fan, of course I want to see because it was, it was getting very interesting to see, you know, because it was finally starting to fill, fill in, you know, teams were starting to separate but as a as a you know like I said, just as a person it's like it's scary because again you know what if somebody says no you know what if somebody says you know what if like a you know like i said like what if somebody like a lebron says you know i don't want to do this because i'm still you know i don't want to have to travel someplace be quarantined for 14 days play have to travel back be quarantined for another 14 days just to try to come back again and, you know and do it and basically be doing this all around in circles because they still haven't really like said how they were going to you know test everybody there test you know the players the coaches the referees the cameramen the you know doctors water boys like there's so it's so many variables on there where it's just like i don't think this could work as well as people think it could 
Because, like, there's basketball, sh- there's, like, training, there's, like, home training and doing all that, and then there's basketball shape. And you're talking about, even even if you want to say, like, okay, well, we'll open up doors at the end of July, you know, we'll probably, you know, let people train for, what, about a week or so, and then try to throw them back into, like, live NBA action, especially, you know, at the intensity that it was at in March. I mean, not March, yeah, March, where it was at March and trying to be, like, okay, you know, those first few games, those first few games will probably be the most sloppiest things ever because, again, a lot of people haven't been, you know, a lot of people you can say have been at home training. But, again, like you said, you know, you got perfect example. You got somebody like a Kyrie or Kemba or LeBron who have, you know, state-of-the-art stuff at their crib because, you know, they make, you know, the big mucks cause, so they can afford it yep. versus you got people like, again, a Trey, a John Morant, a Zion, you know, rookies or second-year players who, you know, ain't making that big bucks and trying to, you know, piecemeal together like a little home gym for them to practice, you know, be prepared at. And then you're going to tell them, okay, you got – we're going to go through conditioning for like a week and then we're going to play a game. Like, it would be sloppy, and I don't think it would work like that. Exactly. All right, well, I wanted to touch on the subject because I know – because you said it – you said it in the video – your top ten point guards, yeah, he would be on your eleventh. How you feel about Derrick Rose this year? Man, Derrick Rose is playing amazing, man. And so, man, I'm happy to see like I feel like the chains are unleashed on him. Like the weight is 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 gone. The weight on his shoulders, like trying to prove himself or like trying to, you know, satisfy people. Right. Show the old James Rose is, is over because he, he already showed us what he could do last season. He dropped 50 in a game. Like, that was the comeback season. And this season, I think there weren't any expectations held on him. He, he just was playing this game. And that mid-ranger is looking nasty, man. Yeah, it, like, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it was like a, it was a weird mixture of like a new kind of, you know, a new smarter D Rose, but a little bit of that old still, you know, still go in the hole and still take some of those shots that, you know, them yeah. body shots, D Rose, and I really, again, it was. It's one you can tell he's playing lighter. Like you can tell he's playing. He's not, you know, it's not kind of the D Rose that was in New York that was still kind of heartbroken that the city traded him, and then he had to go yeah. through. You know, you can tell that it's like a little bit. He's freed. So I would say, like, uh, do you think D Rose would have been sick? Do you think D Rose was sixth man of the year this year from his play? He deserves it. I think he should. I mean, it's either him. They might try to give Montrez Harrell or Lou Wills probably. I mean, you know, Lou, Lou Wills. I mean, Lou Wills is like, listen, if you have a need, if you have a need, just need a six man of the year. It's just like, okay, here you go, Lou Wills. Yeah, right. But I mean, 
if we really try to be real and like let's try to give this to somebody else who's also deserves it. D Rose definitely deserves six man of the year. Averaging almost twenty off the bench. And then like he is the best player in the team. I mean, they traded I don't understand why they traded Drummond. Well that cast. trade I, to I, be that trade was coming for the long it like Drummond did Drummond tried to be there, but it was you can always tell like Andrew Drummond to me was always like right there, but still felt like he didn't want to do it in Detroit. I felt like like yeah. every time I saw like every time like Andrew Drummond was like because Andrew Drummond was like probably one of the best uh, dominant centers in like in the in the Central and in the East, and it always felt like yeah. he it always felt like he wanted to be the guy, but then they Detroit felt like he never was, and then they got what then they got uh, Blake Griffin, and that didn't really work out. Then they tried to do it with Reggie, and that definitely didn't. Reggie Jackson, good old self check, that definitely didn't work out. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, that but I feel, yeah, but I feel like Andrew, I feel like Andrew Drummond just never really did want to be the guy in Detroit. I feel like he wants to be the guy, just not there for some reason. Yeah, I feel that. Definitely. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, definitely, because D Rose was definitely like D Rose was again. <laughs> somebody said this on. Uh, the net, and I had to agree. D Rose truly from Chicago. He get dressed and become a shooter all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, no, but definitely because oh, D, D Rose definitely again. He looks like he's playing. It looks like he's having fun at the game again. Like it looks like he's that uh, the MVP yeah. D Rose from a few years ago. That's the best part about it. Like just to see him happy again, like, right? When they were doing those MVP chants when he was uh, shooting free throws in Chicago. And I just see that smile on his face as he shot the free throws. That was just dope. And it's like, it's just happy to see him. Like, you're happy for him. And we can't wait until... I feel like his goal is to make the playoffs. For help the Pistons make the playoffs. And I would love to see D-Rose maybe, you know, get back in the, you know, top 20 scoring maybe. That that would be dope. Just to see him back. And he should have made the all-star team this year. He should have. That that was a disrespect just to not to have it in Chicago, but to not have Derrick Rose in that was like that was a disrespect to not Crazy. to not put Derrick Rose on the team on any in any like a thing. Like he should have been at least in the skills challenge or something like that, just to have him there in Chicago. Yeah, the fans had him voted in. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. speak speaking oh, of man. Chicago, I do want to talk uh, touch on this because my Bulls, Lord. They uh they finally fired Garpack. It only took them, you know, them chanting on first take during All Star during the All Star game to fire Garpack. Uh, how you feel about the Bulls this year? How I feel about the Bulls this year. Mm-hmm. I think they could they can do good, man. Do they do they still have the coach? Is coach is the coach still there? Fred Hoiberg. It's. I feel like he. I feel like he kind of got a stay of execution thanks to the Rona. I, like I feel like he got a stay. He he he. To me, he should be gone. Cause I I just don't see Fred Hoiberg as the coach. Like I feel like if you're gonna be a Chicago coach, you gotta have a little bit of grime to you, just like Tom did. Yeah. You gotta have a little bit of a. Yeah. You gotta have a little bit of that dog mentality. And I feel like Fred was kind of less like it's a. Good. You know, everybody on the team can win. Like no no no. Like I need you. I need again, D Rose. I need you to be this dog, Jimmy. I need you to be the dog on this team. And I feel like the Bulls, like it always seems like to go back to this Bulls of they want to be kind of sort of the Bulls of the two of the two thousand tens, where they had like the score and then they had like the good defense. But I feel like they keep going about it in the wrong way. Like Wendell Carter, yeah. I thought was a good draft pick. I wasn't sold on Kobe White at first. 
And then when I started to watch more, I feel like I'm coming around to Kobe a little bit more. Yeah, but you got to think, Kobe, as a rookie that's picked first round, that's like supposed to be a player that's supposed to make your team better, you got to give them opportunities right. to prove that. And Kobe didn't really – I wouldn't say Kobe got that many opportunities before All-Star break. They shared, like, a statistic about how Kobe White stacked way better after All-Star break because he started starting. And the Bulls refused to start him, like, for the first half. So I understand. And that's and that's why I, that's why I said like I am so glad like Fred Fred is because he wanted the he wanted that he I'll say this like he wants to kind of be like a weird version of Mike D'Antoni of just go that go offensive like don't no fouls yeah. just keep going keep going and you kind of could tell because he kind of ran Zach he's he's running Zach Levine into the ground like you can see, you can oh, see man. Zach is getting <laughs> you can see it in Zach's eyes where it's just like bruh, I am tired. Ooh, every game, like you just look at Zach after the game, just look at his essential expression. He's like tired, done. It's like why am I playing for this team? And it sucks because I feel like Zach really wants to like put on for the city. Like you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. like you can I see like he really wants to. Yeah, like his heart. You can tell that Zach really cares about the game and he really wants to win, but. I just think, honestly, I think the Bulls are. That's the question. I think the Bulls, they could make the. They could have made the playoffs this season. They could have made the playoffs. They have the rosters to make the team. It, that's the I weird thing. They it's so weird. Coach. Yeah. Because it's so weird. Because every time I look at it, I'm just like. Cause like you said, Kobe, like Kobe came. I think Kobe was like what leading the uh, league as a rookie in threes. I think he was leading in points at one time, and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's just like you draft you draft him high in the first round, but you have him like. And I get it. You don't want to you know overexpose him too soon, but like at certain points, you do got to throw him into the fire a little bit and see if he you know if he can make it. Yeah, because you can because that because then that team that team does have is a good core. It has a nice little core, young. I feel like there's I feel like there's still like one player away from actually being I feel like every team is one player away, but I feel like you need like a strong like I think they need a strong bench presence. Like that's that's they they need somebody to be like that to, again, they needed to be like what it was in two thousand, that bench mob. They don't have like that bench mob mentality that they had. Yeah. Like you you get you know, you can sit a Dig Rose, you can sit uh you know, but then if you sit D Rose, oh, Nate coming in. You sit uh you sit a, um, who a Jimmy? Oh, okay, cool. You got, you know, Tony Snell coming in. You got, you know, Porter, they it's like them. it's like they didn't have they don't have that you know bench mentality that dog mentality that that a lot of those Bulls teams had and you can tell where it's just like no 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 we're going to run it through Zach and then everything else is going to come along and then oh it just so happened that Kobe came along when he did yeah that's not working yeah no it's not. So, all right, before I let you go, we're going to talk about this. We talked about it last week. Since I got you on, I wanted to, I wanted to get your opinion on it. LeBron, top five, year and A. Top five all time? Yeah, top five all time. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Cause, okay, for me, my top five, I'm just going like off the top of my head. you got to put Jordan. He's a winner, six-time champion. Of course. you got to put Shaq. Because Shaq changed the game. He made, like, once Shaq started dominating, players, teams had to get centers. They had to get strong centers to oppose it. So I got Shaq. 
I feel like Kobe doesn't get enough respect. People, the people that want to put Kobe in their top five, so, but I'm not gonna put Kobe. I'm gonna put Bill Russell. Okay. You gotta put Larry Bird. Cause Larry Bird like put on changed the game as well as far as his Boston. But Larry Bird had a team though too, so that's tough. But okay, LeBron top five. I have to say yes as a fan of LeBron and like. I'm not a fan with him. Okay, so currently I'm not a LeBron fan because I'm not a big fan of the Lakers. I'm just going to hold it down for my Wizards <laughs> for the time being. You know, I'm always going to do Wizards fan. But LeBron is top five. His accomplishments kind of supersede himself. I mean, maybe he might only have four champions. What, he had three championships? Four? He got, three? He got, let's see. Three. Three. Yeah. He got three, yeah. Two in Miami, one in Cleveland. Yeah, he got three. But I think, I'm going to say it now. I think when it's all said and done, LeBron's going to finish as the all-time leading scorer. And that automatically puts you in the top five. Yeah. Which you become all Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you have scored the most points out of any NBA player ever. And to, to be able to say that, he's top five in scoring, right? He's like third. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's third. Cause he, he, yeah, he's third right now. Yeah, man. And if, for him to finish, if he can finish top five or... And he can finish top five and score and assist and rebound, and he he has to go down almost top three, too. That might be a little far fetched, but I'm just saying. No, I feel you on that. I definitely think I definitely think when it's all said and done, LeBron will be probably the all time leader in score. I think. It, especially now with the Rona, so now it kind of extended his his you know kind of career to maybe maybe even he can go an extra two two years maybe because now he like I said he took that break in between where he yeah. normally wouldn't ha- where he normally would have been playing <clears throat> so I definitely think that would that helps but yeah I def put I def think at when it's all said and done LeBron would be top the top scorer in the NBA history for sure no. alright man I appreciate you calling in Gerald uh, you want to give it of course man I appreciate you having me oh no problem you want to shout out where they could find the video we was talking about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just go ahead and go on my YouTube page, YouTube.com. You can type in um, Gerald Day Jr. Or just type in All Day. All Day, you'll find my page, A-L-L-D-A-Y-E. And uh, you'll find my page. I got a lot of good content. You can type, uh, check out my top 10 point guards, but I also got a lot of other cool content, too. So go ahead and check it out. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we gonna we, I'm gonna have you back on because we are gonna have to talk about you and this uh the '90s wrestlers. But again, just check it out because he definitely check, def, <laughs> definitely check out the video with with him and the baby where he threw him to weed. It was hilarious. I gotta agree. Appreciate you doing. I appreciate all that you doing, man. I see you out here grinding. Can't wait to see what you got next for us. All right, Gerald. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks, man. No problem. See thanks you, man. Later. Later. This is my boy, Gerald. Yeah, like I said, man, like, definitely check it out. I'll tag it in my live so everybody can go to it there. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, no, uh, definitely check out his point guard video. He has another video on about talking about all the point guards. I just wanted to talk about his top ten. Uh, great, man. Great to talk to him again. All right, let's see what time. Oh, we got some time left. All right, before I get up out of here, because I do want to talk about this subject, because it's very interesting to see. Um, as you know, you know, the NFL – much like everybody else, is still affected by the Rona. But I think the NFL has a better shot because they their season didn't 
starts later so they have an opportunity to actually get fans in the arenas you know the stadiums to actually see it and one person that I really want to see on the team is my favorite quarterback Cam Newton now everybody's gonna ask me why is Cam your favorite quarterback number one just look at any of his press conferences they are hilarious especially when he says you don't want to ruffle the lion's feathers or my personal favorite when he said you got to keep the Titanic going straight I don't know if Cam saw the Titanic movie. You know, it went straight into an iceberg and it kind of broke in half and went straight down. But that's besides the point. Cam is a weird specimen because Cam is one of the first few NFL quarterbacks to come out of the out of college. He come from Auburn, off from the national championship, into a situation where he went into Carolina where they were still <clears throat> in a transitional spot. And Cam never really got this opportunity to shine because Cam never had any weapons. He did have Steve Smith Sr., Steve Smith Sr., who was in the Hall of Famer in my eyes, but he never had anybody else to go with that. He did have, you know, the smash team of D'Angelo Hall and Jonathan Stewart, but he never had any receivers. And then he got hurt as the years progressed because he had to do it all himself. He did get him to Super Bowl 50, kind of got, you know, booed out by, you know, that all-time no uh no fly zone Denver Broncos defense <clears throat> excuse me even though they had what was Peyton Manning as a quarterback when you have an all-time great defense you can win with you know <clears throat> Peyton Manning throwing like he couldn't even see because he could, had to move his neck like this to throw the football but Cam so Cam recently has been cut and because of Rona everybody can you know couldn't work out and couldn't pick up couldn't see how everyone would go, how it would go with training, with workouts. So now with the NFL loosening up its restrictions a little bit, they're allowing coaches to go back to the facilities. They're allowing, so I'm pretty sure eventually they would allow players to go back. So I'm pretty sure eventually they will allow, you know, you to have a tryout in situations. You will have, be able to see what teams would like. The team I want Cam to sign with is the New England Patriots. Now, I think a lot of people are looking at that and just like, I don't really think that would be a good sign for them. Here's where it would be a good fit. The New England Patriots has a have a very explosive offense, but it's kind of dormant in a sense. You know, they had Tom Brady who really couldn't throw it deep anymore, so it was still like a lot of dink and dunk. And they had, you know, a lot of rely on the run game. And when you have that, you can easily shut that down with just like, okay, cool. We know <clears throat> Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, you're going to try to run the ball. We're going to load this box. And I guess for some reason to think you can try to trick Tom Brady. Again, the man has literally seen that at all. So there's no tricking him. But at the same time, it worked because you could see Tom Brady was not the same Tom Brady. If you sub Tom Brady out, he's in um, Tampa Bay, and you put Cam in there, at the moment I think Cam could probably take that, could be that piece that can at least hold you over until you get a new, you know, a new franchise quarterback. Why? Because Cam still can play. Cam was hurt those last few years in Carolina, so he never really was the same type of player that he was coming out. So Cam never really was the same type of player where he could run it, 
you know, run the ball against, you know, safeties and linebackers. Cam got hurt. Now, yes, I know Cam is older now, but Cam can still throw the ball. Like, a lot of people dis, um, disregard Cam Newton's ability to throw, and when you look at it in a strong sense of Cam has a, the ability to throw, he just never had any receivers. Like, his number one receiver at one time was Devin Funches. Like, no. Where you have, in a league, in a conference, in the NFC South, you have guys like Michael Thomas. You have guys like, I was about to say the end of the wrong conference. You have Michael Thomas. You have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. You have team. You have teams who have quarterbacks that can throw the ball to accomplished receivers. And you look in Carolina, he never really had that. Now you put him on a team where they don't have that true number one receiver, but I only really say that because Nicole Harris, who was hurt coming out of the season, coming out of the preseason, never really had a chance to establish himself. And if you saw him in Arizona, he was a dog. He was a number one receiver there in an offense that was built to score. Now imagine putting him that putting that with the you know, the offensive mind of Josh McDaniels, you know, the brilliant evil genius mind of Bill Belichick, having an actual receiver. You also still have Julian Edelman, who is still probably one of the best slot receivers to ever play the game. You have, you know, Sony Michelle, who was underrated this year, but still a top, a top three, a top nine, top three. I wouldn't say top three, top ten running back in the league, who can run the ball, who if he has time, if he has actual, you know, motivation to run it. You have a good offensive line who kept a Tom Brady up straight. Now imagine putting, you know. Kind of, sort of, not mobile Tom Brady. And now imagine that with Cam where, okay, if a play breaks down, you don't have to worry about, okay, you're going to get sacked because at least Cam can get, you know, five, seven yards. You don't have to worry so much about Cam, you know, you know Tom Brady, okay, maybe, he, maybe he'll get sacked. Hey, oh, okay, cool. I can prolong the play, get open, get the ball down the field. And then put him with that defense, which I think was highly underrated that Last season, I think a lot of people threw them, like, kind of threw them to the wayside because once they started to play quote unquote good teams, they kind of got exposed. But at the same time, it's one of those things where if you have to play, you know, better, the more you play better quarterbacks later in the season, the more you get exposed, you know, due to injuries, due to time, due to everything. So I just think the New England Patriots would be the best place for Cam because you can put Cam there and then you can draft a, you know, rookie quarterback in the league and you can draft one because next year it will be a little bit better for the quarterback draft. You can draft one and you can have, okay, you are a franchise. You're going to be the next one. But right now it's Keith Cam. He's our president. And I think Cam really just needs a new scenery and he needs some new structure because he was kind of sort of cool with the owner. So a lot of times the owner kind of let him get away with silly stuff. But I think Cam kind of needs to be in a structured environment where, you know, hey, Cam, you need to, you know, re, uh, look at plays, look at playbook, you know, look at study film. And I think Cam really didn't do that in Carolina because he was so athletic. He could get away with things. He was so, <clears throat> you know, so good at just, you know, when the play break down, okay, I'm alone and out. Now Cam is older. Now, you know, those hits kind of, you know, piled up. And now it's looking kind of sort of like, okay, I need to, you know, be smart about this. Okay, cool. 
Plays, nothing's happening. Okay, let me get out of bounds instead of trying to take on the linebacker. Let me get out of bounds and trying to sail up running over a safety. So I think definitely think New England will be the best spot for him. Plus, it's in an easier division because, let's be honest, in that division, who really is a threat? Josh Allen and the Bills? No. <laughs> let's not forget Josh Allen tried to throw a, a go route to a double-covered fullback in a playoff game. Really? You got the Jets and Miami, who is in a Miami's in a rebuild mode. And, oh, let's not forget, the Jets quarterback, Sam Darnold, was so frightened by the Patriots' defense, he said they were seeing ghosts on the field in the playoff, and on the playoff game, a Monday night game. So I really want Cam to sign with New England because, I just like I said, I think it's the perfect fit for him. And it's one of those weird, it's one of those weird combinations where you don't think it would work, but then you, you once you start breaking it down, look at it, it could work really, really well. And I think Cam Cam deserves to have a Super Bowl because a lot of people forget that MVP season. Cam was practically unstoppable that year. And like I said, like Cam's older now, he again he can't be running against you know linebackers and safeties like he used to. But now, like I said, you give him weapons, you surround him by actual stuff that he can use to actually win games, I think Cam would be perfect. I think Cam could have not prob- probably not an MVP season, but one of those seasons where it was low-key underratedly good. Like he could have probably a 3,000-yard season passing. One of those weird 30-touchdown seasons. Because a lot of people forget, like, the Patriots were offensively held back by Tom Brady. And I know I know a lot of people are going to look at that. But when you look at what Tom Brady kind of had around him, again, Tom Brady could not throw deep anymore. So it was a lot of, you know, anything past 30, Tom clearly couldn't throw deep anymore. So it was a lot of dink and dunk passes. It was a lot of short-range passes. And he had, again, and those receivers worked for that. But then when you saw he hit, got Nicole Harry back and he tried to throw it deep, it really wasn't the same. So you really got to look at it in a sense of Cam could probably expose a lot of, you know, deep passes to receivers, a lot of, you know, out of the backfield stuff. Again, you could have option plays with Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead coming out the backfield. Like the, the offensive genius could go crazy with that, like Josh Daniels. And, you know, the evil genius mind of Bill Belichick. So, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Speaking of, before I get out of here, because I do want to talk about this, because I did see this pop up. So, college football started to bring back a somewhat seems enormity. So, I know (laughs) it's weird because a lot of people forget that college football, you know, they basically have been there on campus since this bro- have since this happened because they had to kind of stay there. So it's it's fun. I saw that new uh, that Illini has a weird kind of sense, which again I still say it's very bad just to have. So basically, what they're going to do is they're going to have skill positions, which is wide receivers, tight ends, DBs, all those um, quarterbacks. Then your offense and defensive linemen go there. <clears throat> then what they're going to do is. They're going to isolate for three days, practice, isolate for another three days to see if any to test it, to testing. And again, I'm still on the fence of just don't do it until you have a 
foolproof plan on how you want to test and provide for these players. And it's even weirder and even more kind of sort of underhanded because you're trying to do this with people who don't get paid to play this sport. You're trying to do this with people who basically you're are free labor there because you want to have it back in a sense. It's kind of weird, and I just feel a little bit creepy about trying to have college players who don't have any benefits or any type of thing, any type of thing other than well, you get to go to school for free with some money. So I that's that's one of the where so I'm just like, if it's college, I'm just like, listen, I appreciate it, but I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm good. Well, all right, people. That was because I have a live mic. I want to shout out to Gerald Day. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. We're going to try to do it. We do this thing every Sunday, 2 p.m. every day. Appreciate it. Appreciate Fluent Radio for having me on as usual. Uh, make sure you check out the Facebook page. Make sure you check out Gerald's YouTube page. I'll tag his Facebook and Instagram in this later on today. Uh, make sure y'all stay safe out there. If y'all are protesting, please be safe out there. Because, you know, they ain't really, you know, they ain't really trying to be safe uh, with everybody else. So just make sure y'all stay safe. You know, if y'all gonna do, you know, looting, loot Gucci store, because they ain't got nothing else important to do. But again, appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you back Sunday, because all the only reason I do this is because I have a live mic. I'm out. Deuces.